Hi, this is Rick Connor from Russell Rock, which is the show that you are going to be listening to right now at this very time and space. Did you know that we have accounts on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram? Why are you not following us? Are you stupid? Maybe you don't like computers and smartphones and tablets and things that are taking this country into the new economy and age of technology. That's fine. Maybe you just like talking to people on the telephone. You can do that with us too. You can call us tonight and every Friday night at 7.15 on the East Coast at 856-457-8660. That'll be fun for you. Maybe you are one of those people that like all the technology things that I mentioned before. That's fine. You don't have to listen to us live. You can listen to us on wildfireradio.com or Player FM or Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or Mixcloud or Castbox or TuneIn and others too probably. I don't know. Maybe you can look that up yourself. Maybe you don't have me do all the work for you. I'm going to ask you again. Are you stupid? So now let us go to the radio show that you are now listening to called Russell Rock. Take it away, Rick Connor, who is me. Hi, this is DCW announcer Jay Davis, and you're listening to Russell Rock on Wildfire Radio. Previously on Russell Rock. It's crazy because there's, you know, like we said, there's so many people there that, man, they deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. They should honor those who have passed the last year. Because, like, you know, like the Oscars do it, you know, like they do it, like, I think they should do it. Have, like, a video package with everybody who's passed away for the year. A little in memoriam? Exactly. Yeah. With arms wide open. <laughs> they just start playing Creed out of nowhere. <laughs> it's a Creed loop. <laughs> My sacrifice. <laughs> Look at this photograph. That's not Creed. It's just a 15-minute video package. It's just like, oh. Welcome to Russell Rock with Rick Connor. Fat and talentless. Matt Flowers. Give me what I want. Mark Kalbacher. Is that okay, 2019? And Corey Castle. Tell everybody that you love that you love them. So enjoy your life. Uh, you're such a hippie. Hey, hey, what's going on, everybody? It is, well, let's see. Do you know what time it is? It's time to Russell Rock, man. I'm Rick Connor, and I'm here by myself right now. Corey Castle's got himself a comedy gig, and Matt Flowers got himself an acting gig. Mark Kalbacher's got himself a bartending gig, and that leaves me here all by my lonesome. I'd start playing all by myself that song, but I think that's copyrighted, and I'd probably get taken off the air. But I'm not completely by myself today because we have a very special guest, which we are very excited to have. And I say we, I mean me. But please welcome to the podcast, Mr. Omega Phoenix. What's going on, sir? What's up, man? Hey, I gotta admit, I, I gotta admit that intro sounded like a very sad Bobby Boucher hanging out with a very sad Billy Madison. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's a compliment or not, but I'm gonna take it as such, man. <laughs> um, I was, uh, <laughs> yeah. We 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 try to have as much fun as possible here. We try different voices, and you know, just uh, you know, none of us are really professional radio announcers or, or DJs or whatever like that. So we, we, we try different things. 
<laughs> really, you're the most professional guy I know. <laughs> oh, oh, no. You must not know too many professional people. <laughs> well, you see who I get to work with once in a while, so. <laughs> <laughs> it happens, man. So, uh, like I said, I've been wanting to have you on the uh, on the show for a long time, but you live so far away, man. Uh, I, I assumed when I met you that you were in the Delaware area and the, uh, uh, like, around where DCW usually is, like in Dover or... Uh, uh, or Marydale or wherever, but you, you live further than that, right? Well, I use I grew up. I'm from Delaware. I was born and raised in Delaware, and my wife and I moved out to where she's from, out in Damascus, about two years ago. Because hmm. Delaware is just getting a little too crowded for me. Too crowded, but yeah. <laughs> when it takes me longer to get home than it does to get to work every day, yeah, uh. that, that's a little too crowded. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> I'm always looking for a faster way home than I am yeah. getting into work. Well, um, let me lay it, well, let me lay it this way. If you have to go to the gym at 2.30 in the morning because there's nobody there, yeah, that kind of explains it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, man. I, uh, yeah. I haven't been like to the said, gym in a while. Yeah. <laughs> I live there, basically. <laughs> I, get mail, I get mail forwarded from there. <laughs> You got like your own little bed and a little apartment. <laughs> oh, yeah. I walk. It's like Cheers. I walk in. They're like, "Hey, it's country." <laughs> so, um, I wanted to. Uh, I wanted I to sit next to Normie. Sitting next to Normie. Hey, Normie, what's going on there, pal? <laughs> <laughs> you got your own little personal Cliff Clavin that hangs out with you. <laughs> um. So I wanted to talk to you. I, I think I first met you around, I'm going to say, 2011. Um, that was uh, something, something along those lines. And you were going by the uh, by Big Country back then. And it was a gimmick that you had for uh, for a pretty long time. Can you tell us about like where you got that gimmick? Where, like, were you just a fan of the 80s band, Big Country? Well, technically, Big Country is it's, it's just me going out the ring being me. Being uh -huh. loud, being just the goofball that I was born. Right. So, but the, the, I've been called big country since I was in college. Oh, really? But, and the name was given was, you know, Zach gave me the name, uh, for my second show. The first show he, he sent me out there as the Bassmaster, And it was just, uh, I, I, I try not to think about that one. Did you say the Bassmaster, like fishing? Yeah. Well, I had, I had a pair of bibs on uh. and, and it was it was back in my fatter days. Oh, so. okay. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> then, then the following show, he gave me the the big country gimmick, mm -hmm. the name. He, so, but it was already a name that I'd been called by some friends of mine for years. So, yeah, okay. It just it clicked in my head. Hey, be me. Yeah. It's always best in wrestling, I think, if you have something, at least a little part of your gimmick or whatever that comes from yourself. I think I think it carries over more uh, with the crowd. It's it's more believable, I guess. Yeah, uh, I think it was Jeremy Trozen was the one who told me you have to live the gimmick. Yeah, yeah, that's really important. That's what a lot of uh, uh, current wrestlers, I think, don't don't really understand. Yeah, they they see it as an acting gig, and this is just a, a part I play, right? Rather than like Stone Cold, Stone Cold is he acts like that out of the ring. Yeah, he does. He doesn't just do that in the ring. The Rock, when the Rock talks to people and gets 
gets uh, checked. Because I listen to a lot of motivational stuff on you know, on YouTube when I'm doing my cardio. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of his stuff is that you could tell that he's still the rock, even right. though he's no longer he, he's now big Hollywood on, but he's still deep down in there. Right. Yeah, like I listen to uh, Steve Austin's podcast all the time, and you can tell that's just that's him. You know what I mean? Like he used to say, like, "Oh, that that Stone Cold character is just me turned up to you know to eleven or whatever." Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we do have, we we do have to tone it down in public because if not, we're going to be bent over a cop car. <laughs> Officer, I swear to God, I was just having fun. <laughs> Um, yeah, the, uh, <laughs> the, I, I was thinking about that today, like how much professional wrestling just would not work in real life. Cause the, the last, uh, the last DCW show, uh, you were a part of this match, the, uh, honorable RGP against oh, courageous yeah. Cruz jr. And I just started thinking like, it doesn't get any more professional wrestling than a guy suing another guy for gimmick infringement and having his lawyer yeah. fight him. I was wondering when when we were going to rip roll to this. When we had a lawyer, we've had a lawyer in the company for years. We yeah. have that gimmick has been in the repertoire for years. Yeah, and I was just wondering back in my head, when are they going to pull this little gimmick out? <laughs> I mean, why not? It, and, uh, it just screams professional wrestling. It's beautiful. I love it. Oh yeah, that's like something from back in like the the mid early nineties when. And they had a lot of gimmick stuff going on, like a lot of gimmick matches. Yeah, like IRS and, uh, you know, T.O. Hopper and those guys. I don't remember who did it, but there was a gimmick where, oh, I think it was um, it was Romeo. It was, it was Romeo back early back in the ECW's early history yeah. where it was he got he got bumped in the head and he'd go out to go cut promos and it was just a video file, I mean, of, of, uh, recordings of like, a Triple H promo or a Ric Flair promo. <laughs> those, I love those those gimmick lines. I just they're so much fun, yeah. and it reminds me when I'm. It, yeah. it really does. It reminds me when wrestling was fun. Now it just seems like it's all about the money, all about the business, all about what 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 whoever is running whatever company can get out of personality A, B, and C. Right. <laughs> yeah, that, that that part of the business kind of stinks, man. When uh, it gets too focused on the money or the ratings or uh, you know the the fans or you know stuff like that. Some you know I, I hear so much uh, people now complaining about their spot, especially in the WWE. You hear a lot. You heard a lot this year. Uh, people are just like, "Oh, you're not using me right, so I'm gonna I'm not gonna sign my contract. I'm not you know I'm leaving or whatever." Yeah, yeah. People complaining about I mean, their spot. We all. <laughs> Everybody at some point in their career has had to do the shit work. And it, it's, it's, that's for any job out there. Any job out there, you're going to run into the, you, you're on the bottom of the list. You're on the shit list. You gotta, you gotta go through the mud and the grunge and you gotta go work the, the curtain jerker matches or the, the filler matches or the, you get to, to help push somebody else. And when it's, you've been there longer, it, it, it happens. Yeah. I mean, spent years just pushing younger guys mm. which was uh, i i can respect that as a man i mean he's there he's been there forever and they're just using him to help push younger younger count which is you got it at some point you got to do that but mm-hmm. it for these people to just sit there and piss and moan about stuff like that it's just yeah no you just grit your teeth do the do the work put the work in it's no different at the gym 
you're not going to hit that 100-pound dumbbell for 50 reps if you sit there pissing and moaning about one rep. Yeah. So, I mean, I've, I've worked through it. I worked. I think there was one time I went like two and a half years without a win. Oh, wow. And it, it does wear on you. But yeah. you have to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Right. Yeah, I, I, I get that. Like uh, right now, uh, the, one of the big stories in wrestling is Sasha Banks and how she just kind of bombed out and, and, you know, she's taking some time off. And a lot of people are, it's reported anyway that she's being, you know, that she's complaining she didn't want to drop the belts at WrestleMania and, uh, you know, all this other stuff. But um, a lot of people are coming out and it's like, hey, you know, you had a spot at WrestleMania. A lot of people didn't have that. Kevin Owens didn't even have that. And he's a, you know, he's a pretty big star. So um, oh, yeah. you, you have to take the good with the bad. It's just the way wrestling works. It's the way wrestling has always worked. Yeah. I mean, nobody wants to drop a belt. Even even in a regular show, nobody wants to drop a belt. But right. you had a chance to work a championship match at the grand stage of WrestleMania. That's the thing that that little that little kids that are fans of wrestling dream about. Yeah. Where they, they where they, they get their friends and their and their and their brothers and sisters together, they take all the cushions off the couch and they set up their own little WrestleMania and put the uh, paper sign on the wall with crown that says WrestleMania and it's spelled wrong and you <laughs> do your little cat wrestling. Yeah. I mean, I did that. I was raised with two brothers, and we did that. We did the couch wrestling. We did uh, stuff outside wrestling, wrestling and roughhousing around. Yeah, there was <laughs> there was one story. Uh, was in the uh, I, I was in the Boy Scouts when yeah. I was a kid, and one year for somebody's service project, we went to the local uh, summer camp and we worked on a couple of the cabins. Well, it's about middle of October, so there's piles of leaves everywhere, mm-hmm. and we're done working for the day, and for some reason, somehow, we end up goofing around and acting like we're pro wrestlers. And so we, we called it rooftop wrestling. <laughs> People getting thrown all power bombed off the roof. Now, give it, the roof was only four foot off the ground. But yeah. people are getting thrown off the roof, choke slam. I, I, I personally picked somebody up and threw them off the roof once. Nice. So, Every. Every little kid that does that dreams of what she had. Absolutely, and for her to sit there and 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 whine about it. I mean, I understand it's it sucks having to lose on a grand stage like that, but the story has to go on. Right. I mean, it's um, it, it's it's a lot like the uh, the X Pac thing that happened back in the nineties. Like a lot of people, um report on X-Pac always having a problem with having to work Sunday Night Heat and then Monday Night Raw, which back then was taped in the same day. So he basically had to work twice in the same day. And he would, he was, he was always complaining about that. And people were like, um, you know, we know like two, 300 guys on the Indies that would love to have that spot. You know? Oh, yeah. Anytime I see my name pop up more than once on a run sheet. Oh, I, I, oh, I have to go put on new pants. <laughs> I mean, I would do I would do this forever for free if my wife would let me. <laughs> I hear you, man. I, I mean, it's a, it it really gets in your blood, and I think a lot of people forget that you know, like you said, this is something that you dreamed about when you were a kid, when you were watching wrestling on TV and saying, "Hey, I want to do that one day." And when you get there, 
you know, sometimes you you forget that. You forget that you you forget that little kid part of you. Yeah. It's funny that you and, mentioned um you mentioned the Boy Scouts. I was actually I think I've told this story on this on the show before, but I was actually kicked out of the Boy Scouts for wrestling. <laughs> I, so, we used to have our our Boy Scout meetings in the uh in the school gym and there would be just like a pile of mats sitting in the corner and we'd always go over there and you know be DDTing each other and stuff like that and there was this little skinny kid and I said here come here I'm gonna I'm gonna pick you up and tombstone you because the Undertaker was brand new back then <laughs> he was just out <laughs> and uh yeah I dropped that kid right on his head and I could have broken his neck but he was he, he just got like a stinger and uh I got a stern talking to and I got uh you know my badges and everything taken away and asked to leave well how dare those how dare those 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 bad adults tempt you with those wonderful wrestling mats. Right? There's mats everywhere, and I'm a huge wrestling fan. I'm not supposed to wrestle on these? <laughs> I mean, uh, when I was in high school, I tried I tried out for the wrestling squad once, and the whole time I'm getting ready for it, my dad's talking to me. He's like, look, don't do what you've, what you've seen on TV. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, look, you're bigger than all these other kids. Do not grab them and pick them up and throw them. You were going to show up in like a cape and the wrestling boots and like have entrance music and everything like that. (laughs) Oh yeah, I was like, I I come walking into practice and like, well, where's the entrance music at? (laughs) Oh man, yeah, only if they would have uh, those kind of wrestling teams in high school. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, I thought real quick it wasn't for me because. the first, in the, after we got done drills and, and the coach decided to throw me in there to let me see what it's all about, the guy went for my knees. So Ooh. I was a football so I know instinct tells me when a guy goes for your knees, you drop down on him. Yeah. I drop down on him. I hear this, whoof. Oh, no. And I flatten the kid, and the coach comes over and says, <laughs> you need to leave. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Sometimes you have to do that, you know. Somebody's uh, going after your knees. You either, you yeah. know, either go with it or you're, or you you blow your knees out. Yeah, right. And I needed my knees football. Right. <laughs> oh man. So, um, you started in DCW as Big Country, pretty much. Um, I remember yeah. there was a gimmick where you switched over and started calling yourself God's Country. There was like a with Apostle Creed and and Shannon Hunter and all that. Uh, yeah, it was a, uh, it was Andrew Steele, and um, oh um, damn, I can't remember her name. Was that Shannon? Yes, it was Shannon. Shannon Hunter. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm getting old. Sorry, everybody forgot about her. Apparently, I don't know where she is. I think she's up north running shows. I've been trying to get up with her forever. Yeah, and I I, I send her my resume, and I I try I talk to her once in a while, and then it's like several people I know they forget my name, but <laughs> it's. It's whatever, but um, yeah, uh, that was my first because I start I, when I came in, I, I started at the face, and mm. I loved it, and I got really good at it. And then it was like uh, a year or two, a couple. I was actually a couple of years into it, and Zach says, "Okay, we're going to turn you heel." I'm like, "Why?" <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that was that show where they turned me heel. I I had I opened the show against um, Rock and Rebel. Mm. Great match. I, I actually that's one of my one of my favorite matches in the back of my head. Yeah. 
I have to admit, the man's hand was like a frying pan. Oh, oh. my God. His chops were brutal. Oh. Well, later in the night, was uh, the whole thing was Steele was, was trying to tempt me to become a bad guy because I just had been on a losing streak. Yeah. And so, so Rebel was trying to keep me from going to the dark side. <laughs> and then so, so forth down the road. At the end of the show, I'm supposed to go out there. Because it was uh, Chris Wilde was going against... Um, Oh, I can't remember who he was fighting that night. But um, I was supposed to go out and make the save. So I, I go out and proceed to beat up Chris Wilde with my, my rebel flag. Uh-huh. And Steele came up, and, and Steele and I joined forces. And then the rebel proceeded to not only chop me in the chest, but then chop me in the chest on the floor, uh-huh. and then in the Square of my back on the floor. Oh, God. Back chops are the worst. Oh, oh there was no give in that floor. That <laughs> hurt. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I've, I've, I've worked a couple of gimmicks in DCW. I've been uh, big country, God's country, and then I became uh, uh, the um, Robert Henry, which, which is what I originally wanted to call my gimmick. I wanted to be big country Robert Henry. Oh, okay. But then... When I joined, when they they switched, when they uh, ended the the light above, and then I I moved on to the Empire, which was David Klein, Ko Storm, and um, Scotty Astro. Oh, okay. We, we were we were the Empire, hmm. and and so I got to be called uh, a Corporal Punishment Robert Henry. Okay, because uh, those two names are the first names of both my grandfathers. Oh, that's cool. That's that was when I was when when I was as as an early student, I was given the opportunity, uh, the task of coming up with a gimmick name. That's what I came up with because I'd always been called Big Country, right? But I always, I always wanted to do the the Robert Henry name. Huh. That's and a pretty got, cool story. Oh yeah, I got the opportunity to for a little while, which was great. I love that. Yeah. And that that was when I was at my lightest. Because when I started this this whole roller coaster of a lifestyle, uh-huh. I was I was I swear to God, legitly three hundred and sixty pounds. Wow! I was, I was wearing forty six jeans. I was filling out three X shirts. I was I don't know how I got through training. I don't know how my because I, I I always had good lungs. Cause I guess it was from all the running from football, right? But I was uh, oh I was I was disgusting. <laughs> And then, then when I got in with the light, when I got when I had to turn heel, I I was working. It was the Christmas show where they had Big Slam Vader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I took a Vader bomb from him later on that night near the end of the show, and I watched the footage back, and I'm running in to take the spot, and you cannot see him around me. And Vader was a big man. Yeah, he's, he was really huge. Yeah. Big man, I'm like, if you can't see him around me, I need to lose weight. There's a problem. That was your little turning point, right there. That that was my turning point. Like, okay, yeah, I need to lose weight. <laughs> Everybody has a rock bottom, and yours was you're blocking out <laughs> Big Slam Vader. Yeah, I I eclipsed Vader. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, though, man. You you I mean you worked on it, you know, and you lost the weight. And uh, and he got down yeah. to like a good uh, a good wrestling size. I uh, 
the summer of 20, I think it was 2010, either 2010 or 2011, I went up into Pennsylvania working on a pipeline. Mm. And I was legitly walking about 15 miles a day. Mm. And about the second weekend of the job, I started carrying a backpack with about oh, 50 to 60 pounds worth of weight in it. Oh, wow. By the end of that job, I was carrying almost 150 pounds of extra weight. Oh, man. And I was eating everything I could. I was working out twice a day, early in the morning before work, and then right after work working out, and then going and getting some sleep, and then getting up and doing it all over again. I was eating everything that wasn't nailed down. Yeah. And I came off of that. I came off of that job at 271 pounds. Wow. Wow, dude. That's uh, so cool. That's amazing. Uh, and then I got got laid off for six months, and 50% of it all came back. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's always the way it happens, man. You're so proud of yourself, and then one thing happens, and then all of a sudden, uh, maybe I'll sit on the couch today. <laughs> That hogging smells really good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man, I feel, I feel your pain on that one. <laughs> it was a, comp, it was a uh, combination of things, but I'm, I'm getting back in there. I'm getting, uh, and um, I don't know if you want to bring this up, but I was out of, actually out of action earlier this year. Yeah. I was out of, because I, uh, I had back surgery. Right. And, uh, I mean, I don't know if you ever noticed, but there was times when, when I was, I'd be all stooped over. I'd have like my back would be really hurting me, and I never knew why. Mm-hmm. And I've been dealing with this for ten years until last summer, when I finally pissed something off in my back to the point of where the back of my leg, I had sharp shooting pain from the back of my knee all the way up to my lower back. Oh wow! And I could, I couldn't feel the back of my calf and my three toes, outside toes, were numb. Uh. After, I mean, I, I put up with it for about two months of, of dealing with it, trying to practice, trying to do shows, doing work. And my wife, Sue, was, kept on telling me, go see a doctor. And I'm like, oh, I, I got to go to work. It'll be fine. Uh, what the warning sign was, was one day I couldn't get my boots on. I couldn't. I I couldn't take the pain. I had to get my brother to help me get my boots on. Oh no! And so that day, I made a phone call, went and got an MRI done, and I apparently had a herniated disc that was wrapped around the nerve. Oh, damn! I didn't, I didn't even know it could do that. Well, neither did I. <laughs> I mean, I, what the what the MRI uh, what the MRI showed was a was a uh, a large, massive hernia. Uh huh. And so the first thing the the chiropractor offered was, oh, well, we're going to do physical therapy. I said, dude, you've been doing physical therapy for two and a half weeks. Yeah, no. <laughs> well, well, I put it off and put it off and put it off until about uh, just about Thanksgiving when I said enough's enough. Yeah. Called a surgeon, went and saw the surgeon, and I, I almost backhanded this guy. Yeah. The, the first words out of his mouth was, can you live with this? <laughs> Can you live with a knife at, in your I looked, back? I looked this poor little man in the eye and said, look, Doc, first of all, if I could live with it, you wouldn't be talking to me right now. Right. <laughs> Secondly, I've been a miserable bastard for the last six and a half to seven months. Right. My wife is threatening to throw my ass out of the house and divorce <laughs> me because she can't take it no more. you got to fix this. 
So what, what was he saying that he didn't want to fix it? Like he didn't want to do the surgery and you should just try and, and be okay with it? Well, it's apparently a lot of people that hear the word surgery and it's this big, looming, uh, terrifying word. Right. And it just apparently it scares people to the point of where, oh, I don't want to, I don't want surgery. I'll, I'll do the physical therapy when the physical therapy hasn't, hasn't worked in six months. Right. That's, and then he said, okay. And he penciled me in for January the 4th. And I mean, the whole, almost all the last year, I was eating, I was taking Advil and Tylenol like they were Skittles. Oh. I was taking handfuls of these things at like every four to six hours just, just to be able to cope. Yeah. And the mornings, oh, you did not want to be around me in the morning. <laughs> I, I think, I think on that, on that job, I, I think I grabbed one of the foremen up because he said something ignorant. Uh, I, was, just, I was not in a good mood. Just, just mood. cranky with the with the pain. I can I can imagine. Oh yeah, and not not being able to sleep right, not being able to work out, not being able to do anything. I'm barely able to get dressed in the morning. Right. So I went and got the surgery, and I woke up. I think I think I might have offended them poor ladies because apparently I cussed a lot when I uh, woke up from the anesthesia. Yeah. Because it was it was still hurting. Uh. And. And in my drug brain, I'm off. Why do I still hurt? But with much more colorful metaphors, according to Sue. Right. <laughs> according to Sue, I use a lot of colorful metaphors. And <laughs> then, as I slowly woke up over the next hour, I'm like, oh my God, my toes, though. I could feel my toes. My yeah. leg didn't hurt. I could feel the calf again. I was like, oh. So. I'm, I'm sitting next to me and I said, where's that doctor? She's like, why? All kind of like scared. I said, I'm going to kiss that man because now I don't hurt. <laughs> and, and he said it was going to be three months out of the ring, one month of absolutely nothing. Yeah. And by month two, month two, I could start doing light, light stuff. But uh, I, I made it a week and a half mm -hmm. before I had to start doing cardio. Uh, yeah. I, I couldn't sit there no more. I had to do something. Yeah. Because I'm sitting there, I had my son, my, my little two-year-old son just bouncing all over the place, and then my my um, my um little baby girl taking care of her, and my wife is doing all the work in the house, and it's just it was like, oh, I, I got to do something. Yeah. So I, 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 I talked her to let me go to the gym just to do cardio and then start stretching. And mm. that's all I did for the next two and a half months was just cardio and stretch cardio and stretch. Yeah. And then the show that we just had was the first show that I've been cleared for. Oh, cool. I got, I got the clean bill of health. I'm all good to go. Scar tissues formed across the opening in the, in the, the hernia. I'm all good to go. Cause the, the doctor told me that, uh, I'm more at risk for re hurting it while it's fresh, a fresh wound. But as time goes on, the scar tissue will get thicker and thicker and thicker and thicker. Right. And I'll less likely have her another have a repeat. So that's so, so you're you're you've been out since what, January, right? And now you're you're clear yeah. to go for the next show? Um, the first show I I just I just did a uh, a thing over at Mark's school uh -huh. about a week ago. And that's the first thing I've done since being cleared. Uh, okay. Cool. How 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 bad did you miss being in the ring when you were out? 
I, I did everything I could to at least at least have some kind of spot. I yeah. did whatever I could do because I just I I I've, and I in the past I have taken time off. I've taken time off for, for work. I've taken time off for personal reasons, and I'll make it like of my I'll have that like uh, uh, Hal Jordan resolve like oh my willpower is strong. <laughs> then and then I will watch a a, a, a SmackDown or a Raw and I go. When can I get back in the ring? Because you were saying so you were talking about you were talking about doing cardio. Because uh, was that was that just um, because you were tired of sitting around the house and not doing anything, or like are you like one of those gym junkies that just I have to work out? I it, it was a, it's a it's a little bit of both. I yeah. I can't fit. I it, no, I can have my slump days where I do absolutely nothing. Yeah. But I also, in the back of my head, I'm sitting there thinking, okay, this is this is the one day I'm giving myself as a break. But then I'm going to hit this, 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 and this tomorrow, and I'm going to get those done. And if I don't, I'm going to beat myself up in my head. Right. So, but yes, I'm I'm also a gym junkie. When I when I made that choice to stop being the fat thing I was before, and the first six months sucked. Oh, it was terrible. Oh. <laughs> Once I hit that, once I got over that hump, and I've started to get better at it, I, I, it's it's part of me. And if I don't work out, it it just nags at me in the back of my head because I'll because I, I I make myself watch that six hundred pound life. Yeah. Because I'm like, that's what I do not want to have. Right. I don't I don't want to be that. So that's what makes me go and keep going and hitting it harder, hitting it harder. Yeah, it's a but good. Not just it's a, that. It's a good deterrent that but show. Yeah. <laughs> if if I watch too many episodes, I'll catch myself waddling around the house for some reason. <laughs> it's like if you watch uh, if you watch British comedy or something, you'll catch yourself doing a British accent every once in a while. <laughs> this is this is kind of like that. <laughs> That's funny. And I'm all, I'll be trying to sideways go through a door a doorway, and she was like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, oh, don't look, don't look. <laughs> <laughs> but on but on top of being a gym junkie, I've also in all of my spare time I study trainers, I study bodybuilders, I study powerlifters, I study anybody anybody and anybody anybody and everybody I can to see if there's a new a new way of doing something, new technique, a new way of adding size to a particular muscle group or something. Mm-hmm. And. And I do this, and I add this to my repertoire, and I just keep on learning and studying because I, at some point, somehow, I always end up giving good advice to younger guys in the gyms because I, I hate seeing young kids go into a gym and not know what they're doing and then get hurt and get discouraged. Yeah, and, like, misusing machines and, and uh, yeah, like you said, yeah. getting hurt. And, I mean, a lot of them are – a lot of it is they don't know no better. So what right. they'll do is they'll see the guy who's the ego lifter who's got four plates on a hammer strength machine and he's just raw bang raw bang and they're like oh he's strong and thick I'll do it like him yeah then they cry and go oh I just myself up <laughs> and and I, I I hate that I hate because I mean I've I've actually gotten hurt in gyms in the past. Mm-hmm. And in high school, I took a barbell across the face. Oof! Somebody didn't know what they were doing, and it, it, it was a loaded barbell. 
And and I'm damn lucky he didn't break my skull. Yeah. The doctor was quite the doctor was impressed. He looked at the x rays, looked at me, looked at the x rays, he goes, says to my mom, I said, What do you give him? I was like, What do you mean? He doesn't have a scratch on him. What do you feed this boy? <laughs> and and I mean I've I've had plates dropped on me, dumbbells thrown at me, machines turned over on me. Oh wow. Because of people don't know what they're doing. Right. Yeah, people just go. So, people just I mean, go to the gym and they they you know they ah oh, I can figure this out and there's instructions written on this machine and I've seen people lift weights before and then you know they're, they're before you know it they're on uh you know YouTube or or some Facebook video like look at this idiot doing sure. this wrong. The gym fails. Yeah, I love that channel. <laughs> I love it too. I, and I, I actually have footage of about half of those people that I'm tempted to if they ever piss me off I'm sending the video to the guy <laughs> that, that puts them together. <laughs> I I don't get mad, I get even. <laughs> That's a way to go. <laughs> yeah. But uh I, I and uh, it just it it bothers the living hell out of me seeing these people and it's like but look, you're spending this money, you're putting this time out, you're putting this effort in. Do it right. If you're go if you're go it's it's no different than if you're gonna build a house. Yeah. Are you gonna pass it and just slap shit together or are you going to take your time and go from the ground up and build it properly? Yeah. It's like, it's just it, look, if you want to waste your time and money, go to Planet Fitness. Right. I mean, I, it is a cardinal sin for me to go into those, to, car, to Planet Fitness. Yeah. I, I equip that as to taking a busload of kids to a gun store and saying, have fun. Oof. I mean, they, they do nothing to encourage any proper techniques, any proper lifting. I mean, hell, I know a bunch of guys that are legit bodybuilders who have been kicked out of there because they do shit right. Right. And there was one instance I, I read this report about this. Uh, it was a Marine down in Texas. Mm -hmm. He was trying to go into Planet Fitness to go work out and test it out to see if he'll bring more of his Marine buddies. Well, he goes to set the, the dumbbells down after doing some uh, chest flies. And the weight was like maybe two inches from the floor. And it made a little bit of a bump. And that freaking alarm went off. Oh, really? And then here's something that a lot of people don't know about Planet Fitness. They have a three-page list of rules that if you break them, they can they can throw you out. Right. But here's the here's the kicker. They don't show you that, that, that list when you sign up. Yeah. It's only after the fact. Yeah, after you break the rules, then they'll present the rules to you. Yeah, it's like, where, where, where was this? Yeah. Oh man. And, and it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a rough I, game. You have to, you have to kind of do like your research, like you're, like if you're doing anything else, if you're getting into, like you said, house building, or if you're getting into, uh, you know, yeah. being an auto mechanic or anything like that. Do your research and find out what you need to do. Uh, in the last week, I've actually, uh enlightened a couple of kids and about two or th about two or three of them actually young young kids who are just out of high school I, I told one he was i said how old are you he said, i'm 24 i said stop doing deadlifts he's like why i said because my i i screwed my back up by doing deadlifts and squats wrong mm. when i was younger and that's that's where i originally hurt my back mm. was doing i was doing 950 on a squat without a back belt uh and and I came up wrong because I I wasn't doing it right. Huh. So and it 
there's, and I, and I told him, I said, I, I have a, there's a, I've researched it and studied and have learned a much safer exercise that can mimic a deadlift, but it does not hurt you. So it's that kind of stuff. And I mean, it's just, and I, I tell these kids, it's like, look, on one of my side, one of my side things I do, I'm a writer and I don't just sit down and write something. I, I, if I'm going to do something, I research it. Yeah. It's one of one of the books I'm, I, I have planned for one of the series that I'm trying to write is set in Europe right before World War II. Hmm. So, but when I go to sit down to write that book, I'm going to have to spend at least six months studying on the European lifestyle of that era, of what people are doing a lot of social studying right. for that. And and I was telling this to that kid, and he's getting huge eyes like, Really? I said, yeah. And I do the same thing when it comes to training. Yeah. Whenever I'm going to start a new program or I'm going to add uh, a new technique, I do as much research on it as I can. Yeah. That's, I, I mean, I've spent time. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, that, that's uh, that, that's the kind of knowledge that um, that kind of only comes with age. Because when you're when you're you know you're in high school, you're just out of high school, you're in college, whatever, you think that you can just take on the world, and you see somebody somebody doing something, and you just think, oh, I know how to do it now. Oh yeah, yeah. So that like you 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 training and doing research and stuff like that, like that's kind of uh, uh, experience coming back at you. Yeah. I mean, I wish I had somebody like me yelling at me, yelling at me when I was 22. Yeah. Because if I did, I would never have been 360. Yeah. But uh, I think we've gotten a little topic. But yes, I, <laughs> I am a I am a I am a gym junkie. Yeah. I I, I have to train. It's it's part of me. Mm. That that when I when I when it's a holiday and I and I want to plan on going to the gym and I see the sign will be closed. Like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> How dare you? Why do you do this to me? <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I'm to the point of where I'm such a gym rat. I get there at like, I, I'd rather be there at 2.30 or 3 a.m. Yeah. So that way I can get a good solid two and a half to three hour workout in with nobody there. Right. I mean, I love it. Whenever I walk into the gym uh, and there's nobody there, it's like I just stepped off the, the golden elevator and there's the gates wide open. Yeah. With beer and pools and and all kinds of shit. Oh, that's great. It's great. <laughs> um, speaking of uh, of training and working out and stuff, you you mentioned um, uh, Mark School, Mark Haro. Uh, is that where you yeah. got your start at? Or did did you start training with him? Uh, I stopped. I got my original training when DCW was running their school. Mark was one of the trainers. I trained with the Gemini Twins. Uh, Bazooka Joe, uh, Zach Connors was there for a little bit of the, the training, but my I started at the same time as Ko Storm, mm-hmm. uh, Brandon Rodriguez, and uh, 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 Jean. Okay. Uh, I can't remember her 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 stage name offhand. I can't. Either. But uh, <laughs> I started. Uh, I started with those three, and it was us. It was us four, and we were training with Mark and. And the twins would show up, and then or Zach would show up, or Bazooka Joe would show up. And I've been now. I know a lot of guys. They'll do their missile training, mm-hmm. or however long they got to do it, and then they don't practice. They they go to work shows, 
they they travel, but they don't practice. Yeah, I've been I've been practicing and training with Mark for pretty much every step of my career, all ten plus years. Hmm. I I practice, I train, and I've been with Mark. That's good that you can uh, you can go back and still. You know, hey, I want to work on this. You know, it's not just like, oh, I'm I'm done. I, I graduated the school. Now I'm I'm on shows. So that means I know everything. You can you can go back and, oh, well, I this needs work. That that needs work. And that school's still there to help you out. That's really cool. Oh yeah, because uh, I blame my high school coach because he drilled perfection into us. Yeah. You do it perfectly, or you don't do it at all. <laughs> and so I, and then that that comes back to the whole. The the whole um, gym junkie thing it's 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 like a high, yeah. Just just the training and the the drills and yeah they suck. But when you're done, it's like oh I'm gonna do more. Yeah, yeah. It's and, kind of like but, that um that mental um it's it's you know they talk about like runners high and that euphoric thing that you get. Yeah. But I mean there's there's also just the feeling of I did it right. I did you know I did the best I could do. This is like, you know, it's like a job well done type of feeling. Yes. Yeah. It's an accomplishment thing. Yeah. And it's, I, I, I live for the training. I love the training. I will never, never not love training. Yeah. And if I ever get the chance, I would, I mean, I would like to pass, like I said, I would like to pass it on too. Yeah. Because by, by, by passing it on, you're respecting the people who taught you. Mm. So let's um. So that's well, I'm sorry. That's down the road when I when I'm no longer doing this. Mm. So let's talk a little bit about, about um because you're you're not big country anymore. You're uh, you're Omega Phoenix now. Let's talk about a little bit about this uh, how this came to be. <laughs> it was. Uh, a, a couple of years ago. What, what was that? Uh, was that 2016, 2017? I think it was 2016. Yeah. Uh, Zach came to me and said, uh, we want to, we went to end the big country gimmick. And I said, okay. So what did you have in mind? He's like, well, go and, go and, go and create something. Because they wanted to turn me heel. Yeah. I've been faced for, so they wanted to turn me heel again. So, we both decided that Big Country couldn't was, was just done. Mm. He's Big Country had turned bad, had been face, has been bad. It's time to go on. And yeah. So that's how Zach explained it, which is fine. I mean, I was getting into a slump anyway. Right. And a lot of people that know me know that I love Dragon Ball Z. Oh, yeah. I'm a huge, huge DBZ whore. Oh, <laughs> I love I love my Dragon Ball. And and I'd always and I, I, I like I said before I'm a writer I've I've, I've been a writer and uh, I draw uh, I illustrate my own comics and stuff yeah and I've always had a character in the back of my head that was called Phoenix mm-hmm. and because I have a serious issue uh, I can I can't watch a movie read a book watch a TV show without, in my head, creating a character to add to that with creating entire backstory and everything to go with it. That's and cool. that's how, 
that's how the Phoenix thing came about. Is it's it's the character that I've created in my head by watching these shows. Mm-hmm. And then, but then I'm like, well, I can't do it the way it was supposed to be. The original, the original way I designed it in my head. So I've had to change it to where he's a. Uh, uh, the herald of the the void, which is the, the basically the end of everything. That's why Zach said we're going to call it Omega Phoenix because it's you're the bringer of the end. Yeah. So it's like I bring the end of people's careers and and the end mm. of things and the end of it's it's this whole big circle thing that we had talked about. Yeah. That's that's, that's what this is represents. It's the end of what I was and the beginning of new because it's Omega represents the end of my past. And the Phoenix is the rising of what I'm going to do from now on. That's a cool way to look at it, man. I never even thought about that. Oh, I mean, I, I, I see symbolism in everything. Yeah. Everything. I see some, some, some little hidden message in it somehow. So, but, uh, the whole, but now a, a lot of people in this, it, this is where the whole living the gimmick thing is affecting it is I, it's not really, me yet right it's like it was when i was big country i walked out bang this is me yeah i've always been big country mm-hmm. even before i got into wrestling so but this is a whole new thing and so the best way i could figure out how to break this down from my brain to be able to slip into this is he has to have a massive split between face and heel mm-hmm. see that's where that's where the mask came in for the character's backstory is is I, when Big Country died, and you saw the video because you you put the video which was yeah great. yeah the the vignettes of you burning the uh, uh you know all your all your gimmick was, stuff yeah that was the symbolism of giving into the flames of the void because hmm. now I've become the herald of the end by burning my past hmm. so that's then um I I I've, I've, I've Enriched the whole story behind this uh, after the fact. So if I if I had if I had this all figured out beforehand, I would have put a promo together right. of Craig got the mask because now it's it's the mask is how you control the the herald of uh, basically. So it's uh, that's that's the heel side. Yeah, is, is the mask is whoever controls the mask controls the monster. Oh, okay. But then when Craig broke from me, when he turned on me, he forfeited his contract to the mask. So the mask goes back to the void, and now the monster is loose to seek vengeance. I mean, to seek justice. Ah, I see. Because the mask, the, mask, the mask represents vengeance, while the face paint represents justice. Uh-huh. And that's, this is going that's, to that's very funny. interesting. Yeah. And, and I've been I've been working this in my head because I'm I, I'm going to put together two promos for to to, to start highlighting this. Yeah, uh, it's it's the way you get the mask is you have to summon the vo- the flames of the void and you you're given a choice: do you seek vengeance or do you seek justice? Hmm. And to seek vengeance, you have to put a you have to pay a price. Hmm. See, something has to be paid for that, and that's why the hashtag chokeslam thing came because Craig broke the contract without paying. Right. So justice was seeking choke slamming him. That and the fans really took that. And I, I have to give the full credit of the hashtag choke slam to Ethan Essex. 
that 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 was all him. Yeah. That was all him, and I thank him every time I see him for that. It's like. <laughs> Yeah, it, man. It, there's like there's so the, many there's so many signs and everything out in the crowd now. Hashtag choke slam yeah. Craig. Hashtag this and yeah, yeah, which is great because that that helps feed the justice side of the gimmick. Yeah, the whole side, which works great. Mm. Uh, so that's that's the basis of the character. Mm. But I but I work with Zach to model this the whole presence of the heel side. Off of how have you have you seen Dragon Ball Z? Uh, no, I'm not a huge anime fan, but I, I've heard of it obviously, oh. and I've I've seen some you know some video clips here and there. Okay, well, if you ever get a chance, watch the Cell Saga. Okay, uh, Cell is an is a genetically created android, and his perfect form is he's this is really smug. I'm perfect. I'm the greatest thing ever. You, everybody else sucks. <laughs> we modeled the whole. That's why I would stand in the ring and not move. Because it's it's I'm bigger than you. I'm I'm stronger than you. I have no reason to move and react to you. Yeah. So that was the original side. But now that I've been working on it, I'm like, okay, well that that comes back to the wear the mask. Is I don't attack until the mask wielder commands it. Oh, okay. Is how is how I'm going to work that from now on. If I, if they, if Omega ever gets booked as a heel again, right. that's how I'm going to have to work it. Is I'm going to have to. Because I, I, I like the whole idea of having some kind of mysticism behind this character because you don't see that a lot. No. I mean, because it's like the, how the old how the old Undertaker gimmick was. Yeah, with the urn and all that. Yeah, that that was I liked. I really really loved that. Mm. And then when Kane came around, and that whole um, smoking daggers thing. Yeah. Was was great, but that's that's that that's the. The future of what Omega Phoenix is going to stand for and represent. That's and I think sweet, that man. might because I mean, it, it, and it was tough for me because I just went from being a, a a guy that moved around the ring and worked matches and did really good to this being this big giant thing that didn't move much and yeah. it was really hard. Yeah, because I'm like I'm like I'm like I can do the forward roll into the bump <laughs> and all that stuff. It's actually like don't bump. <laughs> You know, it's it's got to be a little rough uh, putting together a wrestling match when your you know your direction is pretty much no stand there and you know sell nothing you know. <laughs> I I stand there you bump off of me and and we call it Mike. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I've been I've been seeing the uh, the Omega Phoenix character like uh, in 2018 and and, and you know. Um, Seeing more of it become kind of more you than the uh, than the other, you know, the heel Omega Phoenix. This is getting back to more uh, more the big country ways. Uh, like you can see yourself coming out of this gimmick now. Now that you're a face, I'm 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 trying to not let country bleed too much into this. Too so much. That way Omega Phoenix can be something to stand on its own. Yeah, but it, it it's kind of hard not to because it, it's I love the fans, right. My my third show ever. I missed my I missed my cue because I couldn't hear the music over the crowd. Oh wow! As soon as, as soon as the song bumped, oh they went nuts. Mm. I couldn't hear. I missed I missed what I was supposed to go out. <laughs> and and when that happened, I turned to Dave and I said, "I have arrived and I am addicted." 
nice. and I broke the curse. And I broke the curse. <laughs> it is. Now, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. When I first got into this, I had the stars in my eyes. Oh, WWE, here yeah. I come. Yeah. But then, but then that happened. And I'm like, screw WWE. I want more of this. Yeah. <laughs> I, want, I want the crowd. I want the drug. I want this high. Yeah. It's very, very cool, man. The uh, the whole uh, the way the crowd can kind of uh, penetrate you in a way, and just and just like uh, uh, like you you know you were talking about that um, that euphoric high that you get with working out, and the, in the way it's a, it's almost the same thing as hearing like a oh, really yeah. good crowd reaction. You just you just want that oh. more and more. Oh yeah, there there's there's no reason there's really no reason to ever ever pick up drugs if you've got this it's right it's like oh i don't need anything else because this 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 is good this is enough right all right man we're about winding down here uh we're, we're coming up on closing time i want to thank you so much for for joining us here today man I, 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 this has been great if you're ever in the uh in the uh jersey area the southern jersey area please feel free to stop by i would love to have you in the studio i will i will definitely try that Right, I'm, I'm probably I'm I'm trying to get there's there's some work coming up for me in Delaware that I'll be back in the state more mm-hmm. frequently in the near future. So, and one of those nights when I've got nothing to do and when Sue's home with the kids, I might be able to slip up. Okay, Who knows? one of these days. And I, I, <laughs> I'd love to come hang out with you guys, but I got a funny feeling the same thing's going to happen. They're going to hear <laughs> countries coming. Oh, well, we got to go. Uh, I've I've got a comedy gig. <laughs> I've got an acting gig. At seven o'clock at night, <laughs> <laughs> it happens, right? <laughs> yeah. I know, I know. Exactly what happened. You guys were in your pre-production meeting. I'm having country tonight. What? Oh uh, no, I can't be here. Me neither. I got a dentist appointment. <laughs> How did you know? How did did you have? Were we mic'd and we didn't know? Um, you you called it exactly. I I'm, I am omnipotent. I know these things. <laughs> uh, before we get out of here, man, do you have anything? Uh, do you have anything to plug? Are you, you going to be anywhere that you want to shoot out there? Um, uh, Omega Phoenix is going to be at a benefit show in Houston, Delaware, on the 18th of May. Uh, he'll be at the next DCW show, which is in June. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm doing a few more things with Mark's school okay. in the next couple of weeks. I'm doing. I'm. I'm. Think I'm hanging out with them next week, and then next Saturday, next Friday night they have a thing. And uh, and Ron, <laughs> Ron actually has me coming to work his uh his son's birthday. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. That's uh, who's Ron, uh, Ron Star? Huh? Ron who? I'm sorry. Uh, RGP. Oh, RGP. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's another one. I've I've missed I've missed seeing him in the rank. Yeah, man. When he seen when he came back a couple shows ago, I was like, oh man, it's it's 2012 again. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. I remember that one show where he came back and he he hit the ring, jumped uh, jumped up, jumped over the top rope, and then chased the guy around the ring. And I'm like, <laughs> I turned to Dave and said, did you give him energy uh, uh, Red Bulls again? <laughs> Oh man! Next, next, next time you see him, ask him. Ask him if Jose Cuervo is still his best friend. Oh, I, I think I've heard this story, but <laughs> that'll be a story for I another time. <laughs> I there. I witnessed the whole thing. Oh my god! 
But I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to embarrass uh, RGP over the air like this. Not, not tonight. Not tonight. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll save that for next time. <laughs> if, if, if if we can drag him up there with me, uh, I'll I'll tell the story because I don't think he remembers any of it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, um, man. That about do it. But, Thank uh, you so much for 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 coming in and uh, for coming on. And no again, we'll uh, we'll be talking to you very very soon, man. Well, this has been a lot of fun, man. I, l- I would love to do this again. Yeah, yeah, it's a blast, isn't it? <laughs> See, I, I don't, I don't get, I don't get to hang out with many friends these days. So yeah, I, I this. It's a curse of being married with children, right? That, yeah, that, and then when you live two hours away from people that actually like you, yeah, <laughs> that too. <laughs> All right, man. I'll be seeing you in DCW on June fifteenth, man. Take care. I will see you on June fifteenth. Right. <laughs> see you next time. Yep. Bye. Everybody out there, work hard, never stop, and fight on. Never stop, never stopping. <laughs> nope. All right. All right. I'll talk to you later, bud. I'll see you later, man. All right. Bye. All right, man. That was Big Country, aka Mega Phoenix. Uh, he's calling. You know, obviously, we talked about this. We're we're going by a Mega Phoenix now, but Big Country. He will always be Big Country in my mind. Anyway. Going big country in my mind. Let's pretend I didn't just sing that. So anyway, that'll about do it for this episode of Rasmus. You know, let me throw out some plugs here. Why not? Nobody else is here. Nobody can stop me. Corey Castle, check out his podcast. It's Evolving with Corey Castle. Uh, That is on iTunes and uh, Stitcher and, uh, oh gosh, there's so many places you can listen to that. Mark Kalbacher with the Uneducated Podcast. Uh, He's uh, focusing uh, a lot on uh, Game of Thrones. Right now, they're going to be going over the entire entire final season of Game of Thrones on the Uneducated Podcast. Check that out. Matt Flowers is not here. I'm not going to plug his acting thing. Uh, I'll let him do that. I don't know if he wants to keep that separate or what have you. So, uh, I will give my own network pick. Go check out Worlds Collide on the network because this is probably the last time you're going to get a chance to see Luke Harper. I hear he's leaving the, the WWE. So, check that out. It was very, very cool. For myself, check out my YouTube channel, tinyurl.com slash YouTube Rick Connor. That's where I post all the matches that I film and edit myself. Plus, there's a lot of comedy on there. Plus, there's a lot of uh, 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 interesting little uh, tidbits for Russell Rock around there. Like, all the Russell Bell Rock videos are on there as well. So, you get to see Corey Castle and Matt Flowers and Mark Kalbacher and all them. Um and check out our merchandise store, which is teespring.com slash store slash wrestle dash rock. Everything on there is connected to a charity. So if you're buying something off there, you're helping somebody out, which is always an awesome feeling. And uh, also we have a new partner uh, syndication we're going into, man. It's IndiePhilly.com. We will be on the air um, on uh, Thursdays. At, uh, if you missed this show live, and if you don't even want to listen to the, the iTunes version for some reason, you can catch us on IndiePhilly.com. It's going to be Thursdays at 10 a.m. So check that out, man. And that will about do it for this episode of Rassle Rock. I'm Rick Connor, and nobody else is here. So let's take it out like we always do with Mr. Nick Burke. It's so hard to say goodbye. Yesterday